Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond podcast. I am your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it. As we always do, this is our Monday morning discipleship segment, our Monday morning discipleship. And always we try to come on on Monday morning, uh, try to give you a word to help you on through your week, try to supplement uh, what you may have uh, received on Sunday. Amen. And so uh, we're going to continue this series. We started another series on last week when we talked about your calling and election. And uh, we said we're going to pick it up on this week, um, dealing again uh, with that scripture in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And we're going to talk today about supplementing your faith, supplementing your faith. And there's a section, and I want to share the scripture with you in just a second here, but there's a section in the uh, the scripture that we use, Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 from the New Living Translation, where Peter says, supplement your faith. And then he goes on to talk about the things in which uh, we can supplement our faith with it. So we're going to look at those things on today uh, in part two of this conversation. But um, we, we're talking about faith on this week. And again, we, we spoke last week about making your calling and election sure. And we're going to talk about this faith thing on this week and uh, holding on to your faith. And I want to share this bit of scripture with you very quickly. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 24. uh, We know what 25 says. 25 says, let us not forsake uh, the assembling together. It tells us about coming together in worship. We know in this season right now, we can't really come together and worship, not do it safely. Amen. I know some people are still doing it, but uh, again, you all heard me say I lean towards the science on this, and I believe that God is in the science. Uh, We can't do it safely, but um, I want to look at verses 23 through 24 when it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering our faith for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And so when it talks about this, let us hold hold fast to the the confession of our hope. And King James Version will say that hold hold, hold fast to our faith. And so we're going to talk this week about supplementing that faith, though. And we spoke last week and we shared with you all that it's more than just saying, you know, I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. And, and that's that's a, a, a very important step in, in, in relation to your faith. The confession piece, uh, the saying, I, the Romans 10 and 9 saying, I believe in my heart that, that, that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died on the cross and that he was raised from the dead. That confession is important. But what Peter is talking to us about is supplementing that faith. Don't, don't just become a church member. You got to supplement that faith with some conduct and some behavior, right? It can't just be about you just saying I'm saved, but then you continue to act the same way that you that you used to act. So, so let's go back to that Second Peter uh, verse here, and we'll talk about this this uh, supplementing your faith. Now, I'm going to pick it up here. I'm going to pick it up at uh, verse four, Second Peter chapter one, verse four, and it says this: New Living Translation says, "And because of His glory and excellence." He has given us he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And so, again, we we start off here. We talk about supplementing our faith. We have to escape the world's corruption. Right. We we, we can be uh, a sharing in his divine nature. So we say things like, I, you know, that's the, I can't be like Jesus. Well, 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 we are called to be Christ-like. We are called. And that's why the Holy Spirit is supposed to be there for you to help you to be more like Christ, right? That's why you got to have the indwelling 
of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we, we're enabled to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by what? Human desires. What you see right now, and I'm going to give you this little bit of commentary and I'm going to get right back to the word. What you see right now in terms of us saying, uh, let's open up our states now. Let's let's not worry about the virus anymore. We're tired of being locked down and all of this other stuff. And we're tired of worrying about this thing, even though it's still taking folks out of here. Right. That's human desire. A human desire is like I've got to get to the mall. I've got to go get my hair cut. I've got to do this That's human desire. And so when we say the Holy Spirit comes into you. And, and, and we think about human desires, not always the, the, the lust of the flesh in terms of uh, we, we always think about sexual immorality, but it's not just that. The lust of the flesh, it includes the things that we desire that are not of God. Right. And so uh, even when we think about money, when the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money, that human desire. Right. So, so let me get back to this thing here on today. It says in verse five, second Peter chapter one, verse five, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise, respond to the Holy Spirit. Right. And then it says supplement your faith with a general provision. Now, 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 before I get to those general provisions here, supplement your faith. That's where we are today. Right. Supplementing our faith. What can I do besides just telling somebody I'm saved? What can I do besides just telling somebody I belong to this church? This person is my pastor. What can I do beyond just telling people, you know, I'm a child of God? What can I do to supplement my faith? What can I put into myself to go along with my faith? Let me say it like this. Um, I, you know, again, you all hear me reference my book every now and then. Are we still making disciples? And one of the things that I put on the back of the book um, are we still making disciples? And I, and, and I made sure that I stated this. I said, this book is not the end all be all to discipleship. I'm not telling you that I'm a master. I'm not telling you that I've written the book and this is all you need. But I put on the back of the book, I said, this is a supplemental teaching tool. This will help you bring some things out to your congregation that maybe you hadn't thought about before. But it is a supplement. You shouldn't take my book and throw your Bible out. It is a supplement to the Bible, just like many other teaching books, just like many other books written by many other authors and many other people uh, in the church, uh, many other people that God has, has touched, you know, to write books on behalf of the church. They're supplementing, te- supplemental rather, teaching tools. And I don't care who wrote it, by the way. I don't care what the titles are. I don't care how many letters are after their name. I don't care how long they've been this, that, or the third. Whatever they're giving you is a supplemental teaching tool to the Bible. The Bible is what we ought to teach. Everything else assists in that. And so then Peter says here, you ought to supplement your faith. It cannot just be that you're saved. It cannot be just that you're on this ministry at the church or you've done this in the church and so on and so forth. You have to supplement your faith. And so then he goes on and he says some things, right? Supplement your faith with a general, generous provision of moral excellence and then he says moral excellence with knowledge. So, so let me start right there. He says moral excellence, which means that, that we ought to conduct ourselves in a proper way morally. And where do, I, where, do we, where do we as a church get our morals from? Again, we get it from the word of God. Everything else is a supplemental teaching tool. 
Let, let me let me explain it like this. And I've often said this, and uh, it's caused some pastors to roll their eyes at me. But but I said what I said, you know, and I and I repeat it um, as as one of my colleagues in ministry would often say. I'll add more to it before I take anything away from it. But but I've often said to people, you ought to be able to quote your Bible more than you quote your pastor. And I said, listen, I know we've got some great pastors. I know I have a great pastor, and my pastor, by the way, is quotable. My pastor says some things that I repeat often. But I can't quote my pastor more than I quote the word of God. I got to have the word of God inside of me. Right. So the moral excellence, he says, he says, we, we ought to have a provision of moral excellence. Where do we get our morals from? We get our morals from the word of God. Where, where do we learn how to conduct ourselves and carry ourselves as Christians? We get that from the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Put the word of God in your heart. Lord, what would you have me to do? Teach me thy precepts. The, the Bible says over and over and over again, Lord, teach me how to conduct myself. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lead not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Lord, tell me which way to go. Right. So that moral excellence, it comes from the Bible. And then it says, add, add to your moral excellence. Be a good person. Add to that knowledge. I, I just posted this. I want to share this thought with you all um, before we get to the end today. I just posted this on social media um, just yesterday uh, as a recording of this podcast. I just posted it. And I said, um, when we get past this, we get past this pandemic and all of this social distancing and things like that. When we're able to come to the sanctuary again, I said, we don't need to have Sunday service first. We need to have Bible class and we need to have it for an extended period of time. There's a lot of people that want to get back to the church. They want to get their shout on. They want to get their dance on and all this other stuff. And I'm just a firm believer that some of us want to get back to the church in the same way the world want to get back to the club. We want to get back to doing what we do. But but I just firmly believe that we need to get back to the word and we need to get back to the taught word of God. Why do I say that? That there's so many people that are throwing scripture around in this season without context, without understanding it. They don't have the knowledge and they're saying things to kind of support why they're making some of the decisions that they're making and not realizing that, listen, listen, that's out of context. I'll give you an example. I'll give an example. Um, I, I saw somebody comment uh, just yesterday on social media about uh, going back into the church. And they said, this is a Daniel and the lion's den situation, you know, because your faith is being tested. And I said, this is so far out of context. This is why I said, that's why I said what I said. I said, we need Bible class because here we have a situation where governors have mandated people stay at home so that they can be safe, but they have not outlawed prayer. They have not outlawed church, right? D Daniel, Daniel was in the lion's den because he prayed and there was a decree that he could not pray. He could not pray to his God and he violated that decree. There's no such decree in the land. And, and, and let me just say this again as a commentary here. The church has got to stop making up persecutions. There are ways that we claim that we're persecuted and we're not. I know here in Michigan, again, the, the governor says stay at home. Don't get together too many people, you know, or, and, and the governor said that, you know, we may we may give some people some citations. But long ago, she said, places of worship are exempt from this. We're encouraging them not to get together, but we're not going to cite them if they do. If they make that decision, that's on them. But we're encouraging them not to get together. There's no decree in the land that says that we can't worship. 
that we cannot pray, that if we're caught praying, there's going to be a citation. So, so the dangled in the lion's den thing here, it does not apply. And I said all that to say, this is why we need knowledge. You got to have moral excellence, but you also have to have knowledge. Let me take it a step further here. A lot of people will think to themselves, you know, I joined the church and I stopped doing this and I stopped doing that. And so now I'm in a good place. And hey, it's great that you've given up some of your behaviors, but you need to add some knowledge with your new moral behavior. It's good that you're trying to live better, but you still need to know the word of God. You still need to know what God said in his word. And that's got to go with your new moral behavior, right? So let me move on here. He says, not only, then he says that in verse six, second Peter chapter one, verse six, Peter says, and knowledge with self-control, you've got to have some self-control. What do you mean when you say that Reverend Jackson? It's one thing to know what God said is wrong in his word. It's another thing to have enough control of yourself to say, and I'm going to control myself so that I don't do it. I've often told people that sin begins in the mind, just like everything else. And people will say things like the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do it. The devil gave you the idea. The devil hasn't made anybody sin all the way back to the garden. The devil didn't make anybody do anything. He made suggestions and they simply yielded to what he said. And so you've got to have some self-control to say, even though my body is saying, I want to do this, I've got knowledge and I've got a new moral compass. I'm going to control myself. That temperance within the fruit of the spirit, that temperance, that self-control, we've got to learn to control ourselves. And Peter was saying this, right? He's saying, when you supplement your faith, you got to learn to control yourself, meaning that some of the things that you desire to do If it's not of God, you have to have enough control of yourself to not do that anymore. Amen. Amen. Let me move on before we run out of time on today. He says, with self-control, add patient endurance. You've got to be willing to go all the way to the end with God. You've got to be willing to endure all, all, all of the things that are going to come your way. You've got to be willing to endure to the end. You've got to be willing to wait on God. There's so many things that God has promised us, but God may tell you this is what's going. This is how I'm going to bless you, but it may take a while. So you got to hold out, right? Patient endurance also means patience with other people, because again, sometimes when we get saved, we we get super sanctified, and then we act like we don't have any patience with our brothers and sisters who haven't arrived where we are yet. But we often forget that somebody was patient with us while we were going through our foolishness, right? And so there's got to be some patient endurance. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that on next week because we got another week. Uh, There's patient endurance, rather. And then he says, with patient endurance, add godliness, right? Again, you've got to keep adding things to supplement your faith. He says, add godliness to it. Again, here we are again. You need to to adapt to his nature. Don't ask God to adapt to your nature. You need to adapt to his nature. I want to be more like your God. Add some godliness to the mix, right? And godliness, watch this, godliness godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection. And what Peter is really talking about here is that how we love one another within the body of Christ, our brothers and our sisters, brotherly affection out of godly love, that, that love that we ought to have uh, within the body of Christ, that we love one another, even when we don't agree that we still love one another and we know how to come back together. He says, add that brotherly love to it, right? And then he, he says, from brotherly affection with love for everyone. And again, we're going to talk, talk some more about this on next week. Peter says, we got to love everybody. We've got to love everybody. The church is called to love everybody. Sinner, saint, white, black, 
gay, straight, whatever. The church is called to love everybody. We don't condone everything. And this is where I think the church has been in trouble uh, in, in, in years here lately, is that we have decided that we're going to condone some things to prove that we love people. You don't condone wrong to prove that you love people. You stand on the principles of the word of God. That's where that knowledge comes in, right? You stand on the word of God. I can't agree with you, my brother, if you're going against the word of God. I still love you, but I can't agree with you. I can't agree with you if what you're doing, if how you're living, if how you're behaving, if your conduct is against the word of God, but I still love you. And what's amazing to me is that we can fall out in other relationships and disagree, but still have love for one another. But we act like the church doesn't have the right to do that, that we don't give the church room to do that, to say, hey, I disagree with you, but I still love you. Right. And so and so we're going to talk about this a little bit more on next week. when We talk about supplementing your faith. And Peter says here, you've got to add all of this stuff to your faith. It can't just be I'm saved. And I don't have to do anything else. No, no, no. You ought to add some stuff. People ought to be able to tell you're saved by how you live, not just what you say. Confession is important. But again, as we often say, and this is why I made the statement about when we get back to church, we need to have Bible class. Because teaching, teaching is what gets people to live right. Preaching pulls them out, pulls them out of the world. I'll never, never diminish preaching. I'm a preacher. I enjoy preaching. But teaching is what changes lives. Giving them the knowledge, giving them the word of God, that's what changes lives. Teaching them how to put some of these things into practice, that's what changes lives. I know for me personally, when I became a better student, when I, when I got to the place where I was sitting in Bible class on a regular basis under my late pastor, uh, the Reverend Dr. Dan Flowers, when I was sitting in Bible class, when I went to school, when I began to study the Bible like I know I should have been doing for years, my life got better. I'm far from perfect, but I know I'm not what I used to be. And anybody that knows me and spent some time with me, even if they don't want to admit it out loud, they know within themselves he ain't what he used to be. May not be perfect, but he certainly is not what he used to be. And so, and so when we talk about supplementing our faith, I'm going to end it right here because we've we got a couple more weeks to go with this. I probably said one week early, but we're probably going to do two more weeks with this. We talk about supplementing our faith, making your calling and election sure by not just confessing, but adding some things to your faith. Peter goes over this list. He says, these are some things we got to add to our faith. We can't just be confession Christians. We got to be living. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. We can't just be confessing Christians. We got to be living Christians. Something I said when I did my discipleship conference, I, I talked about the living evangelists. And, and, and I didn't mean that in the sense of physically being alive and being an evangelist. I, I meant by living out what you're spreading. You're going from church to church. You're preaching the gospel. You ought to be living out the gospel every day of your life. Living out what you say uh, you're called to do. Living out that word of God each and every day. That's what I meant when I said a living evangelist. So we can't just be confessing Christians. We got to be living Christians. Our lives have to match up with what we say we are. And so we're going to talk about this on next week. That's all the time that we have this week for our Monday morning discipleship. So we're going to pick it up again on next week. We'll talk about supplementing your faith in, in line with making your calling and election sure. You shouldn't be confessing something that you don't want to know more about. You shouldn't be saying I'm saved and, and I'm of the faith. And you don't want to sit down and say, how can I add to this? How can I make myself better than I was 
on yesterday. So we're going to pick it up again on next week. That's all the time that we have for this week. Let me give you our tag as we always do. If you'd like to keep up with us, if you'd like to check out what we do in the ministry, you can check out the ministry's website. That website is www.krjministries.org. Again, that's www.krjministries.org. If you'd like to purchase any of our written work, you can find it at the publishing website. The publishing website is www.krjpublishing.com. Again, that's www dot krjpublishing.com. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to the, the, the podcast wherever you might listen. Uh, we encourage you to give us a like, give us a rating, uh, share it with your friends and family, give us your feedback. We definitely would appreciate uh, knowing what you think about what we're sharing here. Or if there's anything you'd like for us to talk about on the podcast, we'd be more than willing to try to tackle that for you. That's all the time that we have for this week. We appreciate you all for stopping by. We will see you all next time on The Purpose and beyond podcasts, be blessed.